Hello and welcome to episode 153 of the Fuel Hotel Marketing Podcast. I am your host, Stuart Butler, joined today with Pete DeMeo. Hey, everybody. Hi, Dr. Nick. That's my <laughs> hey, I, I was actually going to say something uh, related to the numerology. This is the highest number of podcasts we can ever get to. Oh, number nine. You're yep. right. That, 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 is, that is a deep cut right there, man. That is a callback from the ages. It is. And, and hearing her in the background talking of numerology... There's Melissa Kavanaugh over there. Howdy ho! Talking about you guys, I'm ready to get back face to face to do these things. Hopefully, in the next few weeks, we can do that. But it's always a little awkward. There's a, like a little pause between someone speaking and the next person speaking. So, yep. But hey, there's a minor inconvenience compared to what everyone else is dealing with. So we'll we'll take it. We'll take it. So for you to to folks tuning in for the first time, this is a hotel marketing podcast where we like to have a little fun, have a little banter, but also provide a little bit of value here and there. And today is no exception to that. Pete, this is your episode. Do you want to set it up a little bit and then we'll do the normal formats? Absolutely. Well, and we kind of look at it as this way. A lot of people have had had downtime. We're able to have a little bit of pause in our active marketing efforts that should allow us to focus on being proactive when we come out of this. And once the floodgates open, the data that we're seeing says that they open wide. We're going to have people who have are ready to travel, who are ready to book and ready to do all that stuff in a very, very compressed timeline. So we're going to talk about how your CRM systems can work with the other marketing efforts to really do everything it can to help drive direct bookings in a very compressed timeline when all your competitors are going, go, are going to be going after those same customers. Yeah, and I think this is really, really important because the one thing I've really picked up on over the last few weeks as we're beginning to see folks open is that what we thought we knew no longer applies. The, the rules of engagement are completely different. Baseline data is almost completely useless and so we all have to become very, very agile. We've got to be looking at data in real time and reacting in real time to this new state of events. So in having the ability to do that through your CRM, it's, I would say, maybe one of the, if not the most critical component to your marketing mix moving forward. Because without the ability to communicate quickly and effectively, I think you're going to lose a lot of opportunity to your competition who's doing a better job. So what, let's let's do a little bit of, uh, I think we've got some uh, housekeeping to do. We don't really have a newsaroo, although this is kind of a newsaroo, but let's, let's do a stat of the week, shall we? I always feel like I'm traveling in time when it's time for the stat of the week. Well, it is the single greatest sound effect in the history of podcasting so we're proud to have that here on the show i mean if nothing else i think really that's probably why we won the adrian award was because of that single sound effect in conjunction with pete's you know dulcet tones for his jingles as well but melissa you want to give us some statage i'm going to give you some statage as it pertains to our hometown of myrtle beach being a beach destination that has been recently allowed to open as of May 15th, 
And we are seeing just astronomical, crazy revenue numbers pouring in day after day after day since the beach has been open. Close to 100% increase in revenue year over year. Not since like the lowest point of COVID, but at this point last year, we are booking double revenue versus where we were. It is yeah. crazy. And we're seeing this in other markets too. The, the markets that are opening that are beachy or mountainy and, and they have a decent drive market around them, there is such a pent-up demand. And I will tell you what, people do not seem to care about the fact that COVID is still out there. People are packing places like it's bananas if you look watch the news this past weekend. So any of the fears about a recovery being really slow and, and looking at how China's progressed, I, I just don't think North America's going to behave that way. And, and it might bite us all in the butt, and there's a good chance it will. But for right now, as a hotelier, you have to be prepared. Because I will say the markets that we deal with, with that have opened, they were not up to full staff. They were not yielding their rates appropriately. And, and not only did they leave a lot of money on the table because they could have jacked the rates a lot quicker than they did, but they're struggling to turn over rooms because they don't have their full staff back yet. So I say this to be prepared for the unexpected because the unexpected is going to hit you like a tidal wave. In, in, unless you're ready for it, it's going to create bigger problems than you've already got. So just and and that's going to be and that's going to be so important because. The tidal wave that is coming is going to need to fill the lost rooms and lost inventory that we had during the entire COVID crisis, right? So every dollar you can get out now, the more effectively you can yield, is going to help fill that big hole that existed for the past two months. Yeah, and we are climbing out of holes. So put that in context, though. But if if we're seeing year over year, you know, double the bookings in some cases more than double the bookings on a daily basis than we were getting the same time last year. And a lot of it is close in, but some of it is not. We're, we're climbing out of that hole very, very rapidly. Uh, so, I mean, I, I think certain destinations are going to be, you know, flat or ahead by the end of this summer if they can manage their rates and their inventory appropriately. Some folks, I was talking to someone earlier today, and they said one of their clients year to date is only down 2%. Wow. wow. Yeah, because they've well, already caught up it. so much. You, you know, think about it. You, yes, we had, you know, in the spring, even now in a lot of destinations, 0% occupancy, right? But coming out of this, the consumer's decision set is very much constricted. They're not considering cruises. They're not considering fly destinations as much as they used to. And they're also not considering destinations that have not yet fully opened, primarily all of the Northeast. So you know, if you're in a, a beach destination, outdoor destination, or any place that's getting ready to open up, it, it's not only your customers, but it's the customers of all those other destinations that are just chomping at the bit to go anywhere. Yeah, and I'll put that in context a little bit, right? Because you, you touched on something really important. You're going to have to go looking for different types of business than you used to have, it, especially if you were relying on you know, business travel or group travel or international travel. It's not just, just not going to come right now. So you've really got to double down on local and regional transient leisure, right? That, that's the market that exists right now, and you have to go after it. 
if you look at the, the data about how many Americans travel out of the country versus how many people from outside the country travel into America, there's a big delta there. It's a 19 million trips per year difference in favor of us being in North America because more Americans travel abroad than foreigners travel to America by the difference of 19 million. So if you, if you assume, and I'm generalizing and over-exaggerating this, but if you assumed no one traveled out of America and no one traveled into America for the next 12 months, that means there'd be an extra 19 million trips taken inside the United States this year. Now, obviously, lengths of stay and things like that might, might vary in ADRs, but there's a big opportunity to capture this market of people that would typically right now be looking at, do I take a European trip or a South American trip or something like that? that are going to look for something within their borders. So how do you capture that market? It's and and think about every every scenario. Like what what are the people that are traveling right now? What are they interested in? How can I fill that need? What are some niches I can really tap into? It's a different mindset and you've got to really rethink your entire strategy because what worked last year is not going to work this year. You've got to Take the bait that as the basis, but then iterate on it and test and have hypotheses and keep being agile and keep adjusting. So get ready to work harder than you've ever worked before. If you thought 2019 yep. was tough, 2020 and 2021 are going to be a lot more labor intensive. And the folks that win are going to be the folks that have the most foresight and the most agility. No question. Yep. And, and that's really kind of the point of today's podcast is – if you want to have that agility and you want to have the time to to focus on those marketing efforts, you need to offload a lot of the menial type work to your marketing systems, your CRM being the, the primary one. And what we're going to talk about is kind of two ways that, one, you can make sure you have the right CRM system that can truly offload that work so you can focus on the, on the big picture, but then also how you can take the capabilities of your CRM and put it to work in their fullest, because that is really what's going to, to matter. Accessing all the data that you already have in a way that you can then deploy it into your, your marketing efforts and, and make the most out of it. Cause I'll, I'll tell you, this is every one of your competitors in your destination is doing the exact same thing. And it's a little bit of a speculation, but I do think that, customers, because they don't have as much time to make a decision, they may end up being even a little bit less brand loyal to your property and just looking for the best deal, the person who can show them that the property is safe because they're looking to shop, to book, and to travel in an incredibly tight timeline. Yeah. And you touched on something really important there, that the value proposition that you present what people are looking for is not the same as it used to be. And we've talked about this ad nauseum on the show, but at our sentiment study that we push now every two weeks shows clearly that people are more interested in what the property is doing to keep the people safe than they are in rates right now. So people might be willing to pay an extra few bucks if they had the means because of peace of mind. So really focusing your marketing messaging on that piece right now is critical and, and that will change over time and you know you'll get to a point where you don't want to put push, push that in the face of people and you got to think about when should you be pushing that if you've already got the booking it doesn't make sense to ram it down their throat in the pre-arrival you may kind of scare them 
But for people that haven't booked yet, that's absolutely something you should be pointing out. Absolutely. So, so we kind of have this broken up into two main parts. One is choosing the CRM that has the capabilities you need. And then part two is using the capabilities to their fullest. And we're going to go through the, the choosing the CRM part pretty briefly. That way we can really focus on the, the specific strategies that you'll need to employ with your CRM to, to get these bookings. Yeah. So before we jump into that, let me just do a little disclaimer because full full disclosure, Fuel does have a CRM product. So if you are in the in, in the market for looking for a new solution, we absolutely can help you out there. AI powered CRM is very very feature rich, and everything we're talking about today, it can do and some. Um, but this is not a self promotional episode. Like none of our episodes are self promotional. We want this to be educational, regardless of the CRM platform that you're using or considering, these are best practices that you should absolutely implement. So keep that in mind. But if you are interested, just hit us up, info at fueltravel.com, and we can hook you up with a demo on our AI-powered CRM. Perfect. Yeah, so, so the very first thing, we've kind of broken this down into to five specific elements that you want to make sure that your CRM can do. And the first one is, and this goes without saying, but I'm going to say it anyway, is PMS integration. Does it really go without saying, though? I think well, it I, I said it, so it goes with saying. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, having having a great CRM system is is great. But if it doesn't digest all of the data that you have, you really are missing out on a big portion of your marketing intelligence. So you know that that becomes okay. What data is actually being synced, and is it syncing? All of my data, because a lot of times you know you'll say, okay, I need to pull over my my guest history, and I'll have the name, the email address, and you know maybe dates that that person stayed. But there's so much more information that you can use <clears throat> in terms of personalizing communications to that guest. Did they make additional purchases? How many guests did they have staying with them? You know, was it a a business trip? Was it a leisure trip? Was it a group trip? Whatever it might have been. The more data you can get from the PMS into your CRM, the more effective you're going to be at remarketing those people and bringing them back to the property. And let's face it, if it's not fully integrated, if you're having to manually import stuff, the likelihood of that getting done is going to be far less than if it was automated. And you will not make the most of the system if you have to manually upload that stuff on a regular basis. Yeah, and can I just say, like, let's take a little knee right here, a little time out, and let's have a little chat, a little team talk with everyone listening. Okay, we've been sitting around, you know, trying to figure out at strategy, our long-term future for the last couple of months. And, and as we've said on the show before, I totally stole this from, from Dean Schmidt from Derbysoft, but the whole world is on a pit stop right now. Everyone is on the sidelines trying to figure out what to do next. Now is the time for you to say, what are these things that we've been doing that aren't great? If, if one of those things is manually syncing data between two platforms, now is the time to switch out one or both of those platforms or build a bridge or find someone that can build that bridge for you so it syncs in real time. Now is the time to build a better mousetrap, to build a better platform so that coming out of this, you're not having to waste your time manually copying and pasting Excel files from one system to another so that you can focus on taking care of your guest in driving new guests to your hotel. So, all right, team talk's over, but let's let's do this right and don't settle for the un, 
unacceptable anymore. There's no need. Yeah, absolutely. And I think one thing that kind of goes to the, the last point on the PMS integration is does the CRM understand the needs of a hotel? Because a lot of things that you're talking about there of, you know, Melissa having to do things manually, it's because you're using a catch-all solution. And a lot of times those actually don't catch all. You want to make sure that whatever CRM you're using does truly understand the the unique facets of hotel operations. Because you know, if they you're don't, not selling widgets on a website, you are dealing with people with a whole bunch of data. It's very different. That's completely true. And that also, honestly goes to your email platforms as well, is if, if all they do is retail, they're not going to quite understand a, a product that only sells maybe one room to one person per year versus a pair of shoes to somebody every couple months. You know, it, it is a difference for sure. Kind of going on from there, once you've found out that, yes, your CRM system and your PMS system are going to be able to work together, the next one is you want to make sure that your CRM has effective delivery platforms or at least the the hooks to integrate with those delivery platforms. And I'll tell you, that is not just an email d- delivery. Anything can just set up and you know send a dumb email. What we're talking about is triggered emails based on user behavior. We're talking about SMS messages to upcoming guests or guests who have just recently left. We're talking push messaging to your mobile app. And kind of spoiler, if you don't have a mobile app, you should. And that's one of those things while we're on this pit stop, you should be considering as well. And then lastly, you know, does the CRM, as part of its delivery platforms, go beyond just pushing messages to customers to feeding data to your other marketing platforms, your social, your paid social platforms and your paid search platforms and anything else that may come up really down the road in terms of, of how you market. Yeah. I mean, we're really at the point where you should have a single golden record of every guest. And and I I think the CRM is the best place to, to house that golden record because it can really, you it can aggregate data from every platform and distribute the data to every platform as well. I think if you wait on your PMS to become the golden record, you're going to be waiting a while or, or it's going to be incomplete because, you know, we touched on the PMS data being part of that record, but what about behavioral data? What about, you know, what they're doing when they click on an email, what content they're consuming? What about when they come back to the website? You know, co- collecting that information to me is way more valuable than demo- basic demographic behavior or demographic information the behavior is way more important so making sure you're collecting all of that and then leveraging that across every platform and how many people do we come across that they have a crm and they're collecting great data and then they want to create a remarketing list for search ads or they want to do uh, you know some kind of look-alike list on facebook something or custom audience and they just export it manually from their crm and then import it one time and then they maybe do that every month or so what a limit that is like what if that was real time connected what if that really in real time could say i can create any segment i want you know i can create a segment of everyone that's looked at my website in the past 30 days but didn't book and i'm going to push all that out so that my display ads and my google search ads are all really targeting those people and i'm willing to bid a little bit more to get them into my map funnel again that's how it should be. This is 2020. That that capability exists. That's how you should be doing it. And Stuart, think about how crazy that sounds if 
you're targeted, you're retargeting customers who visited your website who have an average leave lead time of around 30 days or so between shopping to booking. And you're only syncing your audiences from your CRM or your website to your marketing channels. So, okay, that's great. So now all of a sudden you have the person who theoretically would have already booked is just now getting into your, you know, social and your, your paid search remarketing programs. That's yeah. You've completely missed the ball at that point. Yeah, especially now, right? Especially today because we've seen such a compression on that booking window given the restrictions and everything that's going on with COVID. So you have to be doing things in real time today. There's there's no excuse. If you're not, your competitor is. And we've talked already on the show before about switching mentality from a gatherer to a hunter. You've got to go out and look for business. Well, guess what? When they do land on your website or they do somehow give you an indication by clicking on an email, whatever it is, that they may be interested in, in getting back into the, the booking process, you've got to hammer them hard to make sure that you capture them so that the other guy doesn't. If we're all predators now and everyone, every hotel in your destination is competing for the same prey, You've just got to be more ruthless. You've got to be more mm-hmm. effective than the next guy. Otherwise, you're going to be left with the scraps, while the guy next to you has just devoured all of the the you know the big game that had come along first, and you're just left with whatever he didn't want from their carcass. So you've really Ouch. got to get going, and you've got to be aggressive. That's a you just scared me. I'm, I'm <laughs> glad was, I'm glad you're doing this remotely. <laughs> <laughs> But, you know, honestly, that uh, that kind of takes us to the point three of choosing the right CRM is. Well, can I just say before you do that, I'm not suggesting anyone should eat their guests just just (laughs) just for clarity. I got okay, got it. That's that's the disclaimer. This is not the Walk Dead podcast. It's not. Okay, Uh, but no. So AI and machine learning powered targeting is a critical component of your CRM. And it, it kind of goes to one of Tim Peters' quotable quotes is, AI is not going to take your job. Smart people or smart marketers using AI will take your job. And that's that's completely true because we're going to be moving faster and more, I guess, just more of a high-speed decision process between planning on trip and traveling that you're not going to be able to keep up by doing anything manually. And you're going to need to have some very smart software in the background, targeting customers, sending them the right message at the right time, personalized in a way that makes it very individualistic. So you want to make sure that your PMS or your CRM system does have the AI-powered tools. And so what you had mentioned earlier is digesting all those digital cues from every place that your brand exists. Site, social, guest behavior, PMS, all that data has got to feed in to give the AI the data they need to output the the messaging needed. Yeah, and I think, again, with the, this current situation and having to move so quickly in real time, it's just not physically possible to be digesting the data by a human 
at, at this pace that you need to today. The only way to do that is to let the machines take control a little bit. And that's a really scary proposition. And we, a few episodes ago, we had Josh from Blue, Blue Shift on the show, and we were talking about AI. And, and I think you made the point, Pete, that the scariest part of AI is learning to trust that the AI is actually better at and more effective than a human at certain things but also continuing to monitor it and make sure it's not getting wonky, especially with anomalous data and things like that. But I I think this is the part that kind of scares people when we start talking about AI. So I don't want to belabor it. Just, just think of it as something that automates a lot of the things that you do manually and does it way, way quicker than you could ever do it. Let yep. me just put a highlight on the quote unquote moving quickly aspect of what we're dealing with right now. Looking at, Again, Myrtle Beach market where we're seeing double revenue since the market opened on May 15th. We're recording this on May 29th. It hasn't even been 15 days yet. And in these less than 15 days with double revenue, 40% of bookings are still for May. They're for May. Within 14 days, double revenue. So... They're coming fast and they're coming furious. And they're coming last minute, for sure. And they're mm-hmm. last minute. Yeah. And, and, and put that in perspective, let's say you realize this trend and you want to have a meeting with the revenue management team and you schedule that meeting and it's in three days. At that point, <laughs> you know, you've already burned 20 plus percent of that opportunity in getting those guests to your property. And even if they're staying... If revenue management is that far behind, how much of your guest booked at a significantly discounted rate versus what it should have been? Yeah, you left a lot of money on the table. And, you know, there's probably a lot of people listening to this right now saying, what these guys are on crack because the reality that I'm living in is nothing like they're talking about right now. We're trying to figure out if we're going to be at 10% occupancy a month from now, and these guys are talking about filling up a hotel room. And yes, every single person's situation is going to be unique. But at some point, you're going to see this surge, especially if you're some in a destination that is primarily leisure de- travel. You're going to see this surge at some point when restrictions open. And that might not be tomorrow, but when it does happen, you've got to be ready for it. Because honestly, People in the markets that have opened, and, and it's not just Myrtle Beach, it's Panama City Beach, it's Ocean City, Maryland, it's Daytona Beach. Anywhere anywhere that I've seen people that where a beach destination was closed and then reopened, they've seen this tidal wave and they've been caught with their pants down. And in a lot of cases, we saw something we've never seen before where a hotel could go from 40% occupied to 100% occupied within a 24-hour period. Now, that level of demand, if you're only looking at your rates on a daily basis, you just let left so much money and opportunity on the table. So you've really got to be looking at this like a hawk in real time, multiple times a day, and ready to adjust. Um, on the show earlier with, with uh, Lauren Gray, his This Week in Hospitality Marketing live show, Ed said, everyone has to become a marketing ninja. And ninja is a good word for it because you've really got to become very stealthy but very agile and and just super quick at responding and dealing with the situations. So everyone Mm -hmm. needs to be a ninja. So go get ninja. But don't be ninja. Nobody don't need ninja. 
<laughs> you may have to put a link to that video just in case people don't know what that is. No, I just it's like classic. It. I'm going to let it hang out there just because okay. you miss me. So that really takes us to kind of the, the fourth and then the, the, the fifth point right behind that of choosing the right CRM is you need to make sure that whatever platform you have has the reporting to help you actually make decisions. And it can't be one-off type reporting only. It needs to have some out-of-the-box reporting, but also tools to create those automated reports to keep you informed of what your data is suggesting and actually make decisions based on that. For sure. And and then I think lastly is ease of use. Melissa, you mentioned that if you have to manually export data and import data, it doesn't really happen. And if the system is not easy to use, you're only going to end up using the parts of the system that you're actually absolutely have to use. You know, if it becomes easy, if it becomes intuitive, you're going to make the most of the platform that you choose. And the part that so many CRMs really fall on their face on is the parts that are most effective because they make it too complicated. So find out, find that CRM system, you know, like Stuart mentioned that we have a solution, but there's a lot of great solutions out there. It's got to be easy to use because as you get busy, you can't be spending all your time focusing on this. Yep. All right. So let's assume they're happy with their CRM. Let's shift gears a little bit um, here for the folks that, that, already on a good platform let's talk through some some game plans shall we yeah so this is where we actually roll up our sleeves and and we dive in we've got a crm that we like and next step is we have to start with a plan so in, in the scenario that we're talking about now we have incredibly high demand for travel in a very short window of time and what that means is we know our guests are shopping booking and traveling in, in some cases within days up to a few weeks out. So it becomes whomever gets to that customer first and shows them why they need to stay at this property are going to be the ones who end up getting the booking. It doesn't matter if they stayed with your property in the past. You have to be nimble and you have to get in front of the, those guests to, to keep them. So, you know, I think it, it's not always just going to be the, the, the game plan needs to be showing the, the reasons that you are a safe property, the reasons that it's just great to visit your destination. I think good news is more important than ever. Uh, then you have to make sure that part of that game plan is overcoming that objection of, I may need to cancel my stay. We talked about worry-free cancellation policies a lot lately on the podcast, and they're still incredibly important, you know, as we kind of head into the recovery here. Uh, and then lastly, as always, you know, a, a great deal to create that urgency is is fantastic. So, you know, build out that plan of how you're going to convey those four key messages to your guests and make sure that your site, your social, your email all follow that same plan. Yeah. And I, I would say, you know, typically folks make the mistake of, of leading with price, right? Price, price, price is how people it's the lever that they can pull to drive demand and that's that's not the lever to be pulling right now i think when you look at the four things that pete said so some kind of positivity um the safety the worry-free decisions and then price um one i would say instead of price focus on value what are you what are you adding to them and, and how is your product priced based on the value that they get 
But I would say the other three things right now are more important. Making sure that people know they can cancel, making sure they know they're not going to or very unlikely to catch COVID and making sure that you're emotionally connecting with them in a positive way are all three things that are more important right now than the price. So you've got to mm-hmm. lead, lead with that message. Yep, exactly. I mean, what we're doing here is we're encouraging them to choose travel before we can do anything else. And we talked yeah. about this before is, you know, you can't solve that non-economic problem with an economic solution. So, you know, lock those other three downs, other three items down, and then hit them with a, a great offer and a great deal in their mind. And, and then you've got them. Yeah. And this is, I think there's a shift in mindset. And when we talked earlier about how what you did last year is not going to work anymore. This this right here is a prime example. So let's unpack that a little bit. So last year we were in the situation where there was enough demand that you could harvest that demand. You could you could capture the demand that existed through middle and bottom of funnel advertising, right? Things like Google Ads and stuff like that. Now we're in a situation where a lot of folks, although there are a lot of people traveling, we're going to get to the point where there's a lot of people that are still on the fence. And they're going to need a little bit of encouragement, a little bit of convincing. So every single person, every single property now has to be a bit of a destination marketer as well as promoting their own property. You have to be doing a little bit of the job of the CVB or the chamber or the local portal site in your region. And you have to be participating in all those places that are doing it to reinforce their message as well. So encouraging people to travel, encouraging people that it's safe to travel and encouraging people that if something happens that's unforeseen, they're going to be okay. You're, you're going to take care of them. Those are all really critical in creating demand that doesn't exist. That's going to be part of your job today that wasn't necessarily part of your job last year. Absolutely. So now we've got our plan. Let's go ahead and execute that plan. And I've broken this down into to five key things that you want to do. We've actually covered a lot of these items in the past on the podcast, and I've got some links in the actual article that we're we're talking about today, which will also be linked in the in the notes. But the very first one is going to be actively and really reaching out to your lost bookings. Think of everybody who planned to stay at your property over the past two months who could not have stayed. And think of all the people who were planning on staying in June or July and canceled reservation because of uncertainty. Creating a plan to follow up with them with a very personalized message to bring them back to the property is going to be the most effective way to to put more heads in beds than you have right now. Hey Pete, that was number one, 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 one. You have numbered list here, and we didn't do it. That's ah, that's right. So shame, yeah. Anyway, number one, on one, 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 one. Well, this is still kind of part number one, 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 one. one, one, one You're looking one, at the one, show one. notes versus the actual uh, article. Yeah, so anyway, so you're still engaging your lost guest. And I want to tie this back to how the CRM will actually do this for you. And it's going to be a little bit more intelligent than just say, hey, let's go ahead and send an email to our past guest. We talked about the importance of making sure that your PMS is sending all the data to the CRM. So if it's Stuart canceled his stay, it should know that Stuart canceled his stay on this date. He had himself and three guests with him, two of which were kids, staying in this type of room. And you want to follow up with them with an email, welcome them back with the very specific information about their room and rebooking that same type of room. 
but what you want to do is you want to go beyond just that because a CRM system has multiple points of contact. And if they don't engage with the email, perhaps 48 hours later, you may want to have the CM or CRM system automatically trigger a text message to Stuart saying, hey, just want to let you know Myrtle Beach is back open for business. Your room is still available. You know, Click here to be connected with an agent or click here to, to continue your booking. Yeah, I think SMS is one of the most underutilized. I think everyone's fearful of it, right? Because they don't want it to turn into what email had become or has become. So for that reason, it's still really effective. And as long as you're doing it appropriately and not abusing it, I think there's a big, big upside. Even though there's a lot of potential pitfalls, it's absolutely worth dipping your toe into that water. And like you said, different people may respond differently on different channels. And that's that's one of the things I love about our CRM is it can automatically predict which of those channels Pete is going to prefer versus I'm going to prefer mm-hmm. versus Melissa is going to prefer. But having a campaign that is cross-channel really is effective when you're trying to reinforce some kind of message like this. Yeah. And, you know, that, that same segment that you're engaging can also be fed to your paid campaigns. So any re-engagement campaigns you have on social or paid search, they'll be getting the same message. And then even at some point exporting that data, getting it over to your call center, and if they didn't respond to the message, the email, they didn't respond to the text, they haven't responded to any of your other messages, picking up the phone and saying, hey, Stuart, Myrtle Beach is open again. Let's go ahead and you know book your, your summer vacation you're going to see a lot of results by doing all four of those things you know, at once. So that's one, 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 one. All right. Can we do two, 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 two is connecting with past years guest. So on this one it's very similar to engaging your lost bookings and 90% of your strategy or your tactics are going to be very much the same. But what you want to look at is anybody who, booked or stayed last year during this year's COVID and people who had stayed last year but have not yet booked, proactively reaching out to them with a comeback message is going to be very effective because we don't know when they're going to start planning. We just know that in the past they've liked to travel at this time. And if you can you know, cut them off at the past more or less so that they're already communicating with you before they start that active search, you're going to be able to funnel them through your process before they ever reach the you know, search engines, before they reach your competitors, the OTAs, or whomever. Yeah, and I wouldn't just go back to last year. You can go back several years. People are going to want to travel now more than ever. And so people that maybe are t- t- taking a year or two off from your property may be ready to go, and you want to get in front of them quickly before everyone else does. Yep, absolutely. All right. All right, can we move on to number... All right, we're going to ramp up your communications with your permission marketing lists. What we want to look at here is in the past, just your your email campaigns that you send out. If you've been sending them on, say, a monthly basis, it's time to reevaluate that and see if you can push up the, the volume a little bit on that one. Does your data suggest that if you started sending biweekly, if you started sending weekly, would that work for for your customers? Because with such a tight timeline between thinking about traveling, traveling, and or booking and then traveling, that thirty day window is could get you completely out of the this decision set. So start playing with your 
send frequency, look at your analytics incredibly close to make sure that you're not hurting your list and make sure that your your emails are tracking properly so that you can really see how much revenue you're generating per email. And that will decide what you need to be, be sending. Um, yeah, checking out those unsubscribe rates is going to be quite critical. Yes. But then here's the other thing, too, is unsubscribe rates are very important. But you also want to balance that with your revenue. You know, yes. Are you having people unsubscribe who don't want to stay at your property? That's somewhat okay. You don't want to have your unsubscribe rate become an ESP problem. But also you don't want to be handcuffing yourself by keeping someone who doesn't care about you on your list longer than they need to be. Yeah, I think, you know, we look at the quality of our list a lot of times. We don't think people spend the time looking at the quality of their unsubscribers or the lack of quality, right? So I think it's it's worth doing the exercise of looking at the folks that are unsubscribing and comparing them to your guest history and saying, well, who are these people? Are these people that have stayed a lot? And did I, you know, violate our agreement or a relationship to the point that I offended them to leave? Or are they just tie kickers that signed up through a special offer pop up on the website in which case you know eh, it's okay for them to unsubscribe so i think quality or lack of quality of unsubscribers is an important metric that people don't really pay attention to Mm -hmm. yeah and then you know for these messages that you're sending out to what i would say is relatively cold or say a warm list is hitting on those four key decision makers good news you know making people feel better that they're finally getting out of the you know the covid lockdowns Two, you have a safe location. Three, worry-free cancellations that there's no reason not to book because there's no no penalty if you have to cancel. And then four, lastly, there's great deals when you do decide to book. And, and, and hit those over and over again in your emails and really pay attention and make sure that data is going back into the CRM. Because once you start getting people clicking there, that's when all the, the AI and the machine learning retargeting really should start kicking in into high gear right and and finding those people as they browse throughout the out the web and might i add some bonus tips because you know i'm all about giving away things for free on this show based on our consumer sentiment studies that people are all about potentially when they are on vacation cooking food in their room so if you have a property that has kitchens in room, that's something you could very much promote in an email. And also, if you have outdoor seating of any kind for food, that is also something you'd want to promote in an email. Good point. Never yeah, say I didn't give anything away here. <laughs> All right. So honestly, that brings us right over to number four, 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 four. Engaging your site visitors. And this, like I said, this kind of ties right into once the person starts engaging on your emails, we want to make sure that your CRM system and your analytics platforms are all very tightly interwoven so that you can make the most of that. So, you know, the messaging on the website when you know someone came from an email, uh, if someone visits the website, make sure that future visits to the website all have perhaps the same you know, date filter set on your booking widget. All that kind of fun stuff is incredibly important because once they start down that process, you want to use all the data that you have for that customer 
to the fullest to make it easy for them to work their way through that booking funnel. For sure. I think this is one of those most underutilized tactics that is so effective, right? Just the knowledge that some, and people will do it in a very rudimentary way, right? They'll, they'll do card abandonment or something like that. But we're talking about something more sophisticated. We're talking about whenever someone comes to your site, knowing what they're looking at and when they came and triggering some kind of path forward based on that. You know, I think that that can get infinitely complex, but if you have a complicated system or a complex system, it can handle the complexity without it being a lot of work for you. Certainly no manual work. It's just getting it set up and then letting it run its course. But if someone comes to your site, that's a clear indication that they're interested in you. And we know that 85% plus of people will come to your site before booking, regardless of where they end up booking, whether it's on an OTA or, or wherever, you have a really good shot of getting them if you've identified them at some point in the past, they hit your website and you can somehow trigger a message to them to engage them. I think that's so, so powerful. Absolutely. All right. Uh, oh, and last thing actually on that, this is where it kind of becomes very important to make sure that you have the proper GDPR policy acknowledgements and all that kind of fun stuff on your site because you know you are using that user's data to hopefully help them make their shopping process more fun and enjoyable. But you do want to make sure that when someone visits your site, they can see at the little bottom that, you know, we use cookies and all that kind of fun stuff. And that helps tick that box as well as help make the customer feel a little bit more secure. No question. Right. That brings us to number five. five, 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 five. All right. This one is turbocharge your PPC and social campaigns. And what this really goes to is your CRM is not, and I repeat, not just an email delivery platform. It's a data powerhouse, and it really is designed to improve all aspects of your marketing. And that's nowhere is that truer than your paid search and your social campaigns. Making sure that your CRM has that easy export and syncing to your paid accounts so that as someone is entering that process, opening an email, visiting your website, you can immediately hand that off to your search tools and retarget that customer throughout their time on any given website. Yeah. Do that. Do that. <laughs> so and I, I don't have a, a ton to cover here just because I think we've probably done 20, 30 podcasts on that subject alone, but making sure you are thinking about your CRM beyond email and text messaging and thinking about it in terms of, okay, how can I use this to make my remarketing lists better? How can I make this my, my make my lookalike audiences perform better? Constantly getting that new data into Google or Microsoft ads or Facebook or wherever it might be is going to give those tools a boost to help drive them back through that conversion funnel. Yeah, for sure. Cool. Well, that is some good stuff, Pete. Do you have anything you want to conclude this with? You know, I would say, kind of going back to the beginning, and everyone's listened to us for a while on this one, but surviving and thriving in the kind of the post-crisis world that we're going through means you're going to have to work a little bit smarter. You're going to have to offload whatever manual efforts you're taking now to software and platforms that can do it for you. 
And that CRM is really going to be the backbone. And I think you said it's like that that one golden record of an individual customer. You want to make sure it has everything that it needs to have for you to get that person to become a lifelong guest. Yeah. Well said. Well said, Peter. Good job, man. Thanks. Well, if you want to follow along at home with these notes, there's some uh, some of those bad boys over at fueltravel.com slash podcast and click on episode 153. And we uh, appreciate you putting those notes together, Pete. There's also a blog which has more extensive information that we'll link to from the show notes as well. So, yeah, good stuff, Pete. Good stuff. Any, Thanks. Uh, any B updates? Uh, murder hornets are still out there, so <laughs> watch out for those guys. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, bees are still good. All right, let's yep. switch over to dog news. Any any news on the dog front, Melissa? Uh, my dog is snoring away next to me. She is on round two of heartworm treatment, and we're just, you know, she and I just chilling out at home for 11 weeks now. It's been 11 weeks. You know what's crazy about that is, you know, I, Time is this weird thing Crazy. right now, right? Because in in some cases, if you say, "Hey, you know, last Tuesday we did whatever," I'm like, "Man, that feels like it was forever ago." So there's like the time is being stretched. But then, what happened to April? <laughs> you know, it's it's like I don't even remember April, and and I think in a week from now I won't remember much about May either. You know, we, we kind of went into this thing thinking, oh, it'd be 30 days maybe. And now here we are, and, you know, three closing in on three months of this craziness and just now sort of slowly opening things up. It's just well, very well, Stuart, crazy. Think about it from this way. The last time you and I were both in the office was when we were getting ready to fly to L.A. months yeah. and months ago. I remember and, that. Yeah. And, and we had to self-quarantine a little earlier because we just got back from L.A. And we've literally never been back to the office since. Yeah. Well, it, I, I went back there to get a few things uh, yeah, a couple I've days been, ago. But I've been in there a couple of times. But, yeah, it's it's a ghost town. We, we've got a couple of ho- folks holding down the fort. But So, yeah. And I want to go on a little bit of a plinth about that. We okay. talked about this at the beginning of quarantine. That one of the big questions in interviews moving forward was, what have you done during quarantine to make yourself better personally and professionally? Mm-hmm. And it's getting real close to where people are going to sort of have to answer that question. So yeah. you think about with, with the amount of time we have left in quarantine, it's kind of gotten to become, and I hate the term new normal, but we've been here for so long. What are you doing you know, personally and professionally to use this time as wise as you can, because this has been a long pit stop. And if you're not going back onto the track, just, you know, magnitudes better than when you started, I think you've squandered a big, big opportunity. Yeah. And it's not too late, you know, even if you've been coasting a little bit, bit and you know, you've had, had to take some mental health breaks. I think that's okay. But every day that passes is a day closer to getting back to normal. You know, at some point this will be, a thing of the past and it might take some time but every day that goes by is is a day closer to that reality so it, it's not too late but yeah start start really beginning to think about the future and i think the the folks the hotels that i've seen and the individuals that i've seen that have done the best through this situation and, and everyone's had challenges but the folks that have handled it the best are the ones that are thinking 
two ways at the same time. They're thinking about how do I deal with the the situation right now? What do I need to do today to keep the doors open or to put food on the table? But they're also doing that not at the expense of the long term, but to reinforce the opportunity in the long term as well. So one eye is on the now and one eye is on the future. And that's what you need to be because, you know, you're right now is survival mode, but we're going to we're rapidly approaching a time that is going to be thrive mode and some are going to thrive and some are going to continue to wither away. And so you've got to decide now which side of the fence do you want to be on and the actions that you take today, the decisions that you make today are going to determine that. Not not just for the next week, but for the next year or two. So that's why we're saying you need to evaluate your tech stack. You need to audit your website. You need to be rethinking everything you've thought and in the words of Yoda, unlearn what you have learned because we, we're we all heading into uncharted territory and the, it's going to be survival of the fittest and you have to be the fittest if you want to survive. So good point, Pete. Good point. Yeah, man. Yeah. But hopefully the folks listening to this show are the ones that are obviously trying to sharpen their sword a little bit because they're trying to get educated unless they're just listening purely for the entertainment value, in which case, you know. I question their judgment, but <laughs> well, hey, you know what? So, uh, of all the things I've kind of been working on, you know, personally and professionally to make myself better during this time, mm-hmm. the one that I'm most impressed with is how good I've gotten at lock picking. Oh yeah, uh, you're bringing that back, huh? That's amazing. That? You're bringing that back. I, I am. So, so I've been sitting up here in my little uh, my little tower in our bonus room, and every <laughs> time I'm on a phone call, I just have the lock in my hand and the picks, and I'm. I'm going through all the locks in our house. I can pick them in no time now. I, I thought you were going to say your wife's been locking you up there in your tower, and so you've had to be breaking out <laughs> several times a day. That's the truth. Yeah. Hey, you want to know something about towers and uh, this virus that we're going through? Sure. <laughs> okay. So you know the the movie Rapunzel, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Wait, and... are you talking about Tangled? Yes. Okay. Get it right. <laughs> so, so Tangled in the story of Rapunzel. Yeah. So here's some crazy things about that. One, what would you say she was doing in her tower because she couldn't leave? Would you say she was quarantined in a way? Yes, yes, I would say she was quarantined. Not by choice, though, right? It was right. Well, none of us are, right? Sure. What was the name of the kingdom that she lived in? I, I have no idea. Corona. No. Yes. Is is this a premonition? Are you saying that Disney had this figured out years ago? Wow. Did, did wow, that is pretty crazy. All right, guys. Well, if you're still listening, we really appreciate it. Get the show notes, fueltravel.com/slash/podcast. Click on episode one fifty one. You can also hit us up if you're interested in the fuel AI powered CRM info at fueltravel.com. Or go check out the website, fueltravel.com, and just fill out a contact form from that website. Uh, Melissa, if they want to find you and tell you why you should watch all the Pixar movies, where can they do that? Uh, you can either find me on Twitter, M-A-Kavanagh, M-A-K-A-V-A-N-A-G-H, or people seem to really like contacting me on LinkedIn and somehow magically find me there. So I'm there. And Pete? I'm at P-D-I-M-A-I-O. A-I-O on Twitter. 
You can find me at Stuart Butler, anywhere you fancy. It's S-T-U-A-R-T. You can find us collectively at Fuel Travel. And again, fueltravel.com is the mothership where you'll find all the great information about our products and services and all 153 episodes of this amazing podcast. And until next time, you have been listening to the Fuel Hotel Marketing Podcast. Clicky, clicky, clicky. Dippy, 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 dipp